0: 1-1. One, one. I'm BJ Ryan, episode 143, proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter at Betfair. Terry Layton, the Perth Racing Guru, he is in Kalgoorlie as we speak, landed this morning, and um, he's there for a few days. But uh, I'm joined in the Hen House podcasting studios by none other than Tommy Johnson and Riley Morgan. Boys, thanks for coming back on the 1-1. One, one. Thanks for having me, Bernard, Tommy. Cheers to having me back. Now, uh, first of all, thank you so much. Whenever, whenever there's a, a scratching, Tommy and Riley, uh, you guys are only um, – it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's cool that you guys are able to come in at late notice and, and help us out, keep the show running here at, uh, at the 1-1. So that's very much appreciated, first and foremost. Secondly, um, big weekend last weekend, Grand Final, AFL Grand Final, is always a massive weekend of sport, obviously footy and racing and, and whatever else tickles your fancy there. But I'll just ask you quickly – Tommy Johnston, they tell me you were at the MCG for the Geelong versus uh, Swans grand final. How was your weekend, and how'd you pull up?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, it was a good experience up until about fifteen minutes into the first quarter. <laughs> um, after that, it got pretty rough. When I'm one of three Swans supporters in a bay full of Geelong members, so that was pretty rough. But just the atmosphere, Robbie Williams was amazing. Yeah, um, yep. and Mike, Mark Brady. Um, Really caught me by surprise. I thought he was killed it. I thought he was done <laughs> <laughs> as a talent, but yeah, the big man still got it. So that was uh, it was quite insane. Ninety thousand there before the game, like an hour and a half before the game started, which I've never seen anything like it. But yeah, the um the after party was was worth it. When did you go back to Perth? I uh, got back Monday morning. What was the flight like? Back? Uh grim because I got <laughs> five, but and i'm not a morning person so it was it was pretty rough but it was good to be back i've been away for a bit so Nothing like home.
0: Yeah, it, it is. I said on the show a couple of weeks ago. It's very hard not to have a good time in in Melbourne at this time of the year, especially with with footy and, and racing and so forth. But uh, welcome back to Perth, just in time for things start heat up uh, over on the west coast. Riley Morgan, how you been? What's happening in your world? Yeah, good. Been been a busy month. Um, obviously you had a bit more of a
2: had a bit more of a quieter quieter month than Tommy being uh, being in the middle of a well, at the end now of a, of a waffle final series. So uh, we over the last. Last month of put three three wins together at the Subiaco Magoos and found ourselves in a in a grand final this weekend. So from from my perspective, BJ, it's been a very quiet last few weeks and I think that uh lid might get ripped off this Saturday night with <laughs> a fair chance.
0: Very good. So have you, you've played in a few grand finals recently?
2: Yeah, so it's actually funny. This your third speaking row? of speaking of the Kalgoorlie round, it's yeah. something I'd certainly love to uh, to get up to but and have planned on going to over the last few years, but just the way it's worked out over the last sort of five years we've we've ended up in four of the last five grand finals. so means we are, means we have to play footy on the Saturday on Kalgoorlie Cup day so makes it a bit a bit more difficult for me to to have got up there over the last few years but yeah it's a it's a good position to be
0: in as well. So you've it's your first year at Subiaco and you're playing in a in a reserves grand final. Who are you taking on? Lead oval on Saturday?
2: Yeah, we play against West Perth. They've got yep. um all three of their all three of their teams in the grand final. So we, we play the early game there at nine o'clock on, on Saturday morning. So get that game out of the way nice and early and hopefully can enjoy the rest of the day as a winning a flag.
0: Outstanding. Best of luck, Riley. And Beautiful. uh yeah. Hopefully uh, hopefully it's a big result there for the Subiaco resis on Saturday. Speaking of Kalgoorlie, of course, it's Calgary. It's the round. It's the round weekend, Kalgoorlie Cup Day, Saturday, Hannah and Sandy Cup Day today as we record. Um, you, you haven't been able to make it to a round yet riley
2: no i haven't i haven't uh, as I as i touched on. that's been the reason why i haven't been able to to get up there after last weekend I, i'd planned to make a make a mad dash up there this week to yeah. to finally get there if we did get beaten but uh we we managed to win quite convincingly so put that put that to put that to the side for another year there bj which is uh which is a it's a good situation but uh disappointing i haven't got up there yet hopefully get up there very soon
1: tj what are your what are your memories of the cavalry round um, th- I don't have any memories. I, um, <laughs> you've seen men in black where they pull out there. <laughs> that, I'm pretty sure that's what happened to me. It was one Thursday was one of the better days of racing. I've been a part of just like was last the, last year's handouts. Yeah, yeah. With the, um, in the tab touch tent, mm-hmm. which was, um, quite nice. Uh, and then went to exchange and gold bar and Terry decided that double shot vodka Red Bulls was a good idea, I served in pint glasses. So pints of vodka Red Bulls, and then uh, got home very very early hours of the Friday morning, and I was a quite a shell of a human after that. But all in all, was it was a great weekend, but took a lot out of me for sure. Will you be going back? Yeah, definitely. I would have yeah. I would have gone this year if yeah. I hadn't been around the globe for the last eight or so weeks. So it just worked out that it would be a bit too hard and probably deserve to be back in Perth for a little bit now. So. Gee, BJ, it's a nice life for those bloodstock agents. <laughs> they <laughs>
2: just circumnavigate the world, living on their own
0: time. That's right. My pockets are empty. Don't <laughs> now, uh, we might have to do something about that later with a, with a few winners there, Tommy. But um the round has changed significantly in my lifetime in, in – Back in the day, it was a Boulder Cup Sunday, Hannon's Wednesday, Kalgoorlie Cup Saturday. So it was a whole week of uh, activity there in the golf So Basically, the whole racing industry migrated to Kalgoorlie for that week, and um, there was uh, there was big events on scattered across every day it's been condensed a bit which is understandable considering how time poor i suppose most people are these days so it's gone for the thursday standalone saturday which is fantastic that the the saturday is the metro meeting um and uh yeah and like the significance of the round has changed a touch as well they're like the and especially the horses the quality of horses that they're able to to draw upon um, makes it tough now because they have moved into October, or other good horses are saving themselves for the return to Ascot as well. So the drawing power of, of the round has diminished a touch, but it's great to see young guys like yourselves, early twenties, who actually want to get get an experience, Calguri experience around, and because uh, it is a very historically significant uh, aspect of the West Australian racing industry, and I feel like it's it's growing with your demographic as we're as we're moving forward, which is which is great to see because. I suppose Victoria has like a warnable type thing. We don't really. I suppose Calgary is the, the closest thing we have to that. Yeah, so. definitely.
1: Yeah, and um, from like a serious point of view of, like, I couldn't speak highly enough about the the Thursday and Saturday in terms of like enjoyment. And considering last year, I I would have lost more money than I ever had in a space of four days, <laughs> and come away from it, and still would happily go back next year. I think it speaks volumes about the like the actual enjoyment side of it and the, the, event. the event that they put on. So, yeah, it is like, it's something that if you haven't done, I couldn't recommend more. And it's up there, like I haven't been to Broome, but like I hold it in that echelon or something that I really wanted to do on my racing bucket list. So, mm. yeah, it's, it was a great event and i would 100% be back in the next few years. Excellent. So all three of us were fortunate enough to survive a pretty grim Belmont winter.
0: I'm speaking for myself here, but how uh, how excited are we to uh, to move away from uh, from Belmont Park and head towards Ascot for opening meeting next Saturday, October 8th? Oh, over the moon, over <laughs> the moon, BJ. Seriously, we <laughs> just just bulldozed the
2: joint.
1: <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I, I was it. I, kind? Was Belmont kind to you? Uh it wasn't unkind. Like I didn't have a really successful. Belmont like last year I had a really good Belmont Um, but I just always come away from it mentally weaker because it just I find myself confused in what I'm doing a lot of the time and trying to understand what's happening and with no answers where I think just the predictability of Ascot is kind of the peace of mind I need in punting and I'm really excited to get back to the the good tracks you know with the good weather but that that, that just comes with spring and summer Mm -hmm. coming around but yeah it, it couldn't have come sooner and I'm glad it's only Oh, what's that? Ten days away now.
2: Just wasn't a good mix over winter. I didn't have a. I'm the same as Tom. I didn't have a. I didn't have a really bad winter. I didn't have a, a bad winter at all. But it was just that predictability with the track and the the downpours. It's it it copped early in the season, probably earlier than seasons gone by, and then you. you you pull that in with doing the form for doing the form for certain conditions and then the, half the time the, the bomb was getting things horribly wrong as well where we were getting forecasted two and a half, two to five mils of rain on a certain day and then we'd end up starting on a soft five and finishing on a heavy ten and you've done the form for a soft five, almost a good four track if they miss that rain. So it was just really struggled with that predictability of how the track was going to play and then the weather conditions and the lack of uh, conviction around the weather conditions as well which made it I think a bit more difficult for, for punters this winter, especially,
0: and I think I think I've been tracking this on the on the show recently. There's been some good fours and good and soft fives thrown out there, but I just feel like the track is just so. Is it what's the right word? What what tired and waterlogged? Like just yeah. almost because, on the
2: weekend looked a bit shifty.
0: Because if you just going through the VincenCardi IVR numbers here, the sorry the daily sectionals raw numbers here, just running through race by race. So race one was ten lengths slower than uh, average. Uh, that's defending Flyway Home was six lengths slower All Show was four and a half lengths slower Go Forward was 13 lengths slower Acc- Accelerate was six lengths All the King's Men six lengths Comes a time seven lengths slower than men, Like that's the Blackout Bart Stakes Western Knight was basically 11 And Benji's and El Safina in the last was eight Right so that's they're not numbers conducive with good track or good track racing. So no, they're it's just they're, telling. Yeah, yeah, they're just not able to to put any speed on the, the the races at the moment. So the it's as you said, tired, waterlogged, puni- the, But the track does get punished through that period of time. But I think I think the good fours and the soft fives are, are a touch a little bit misleading when you're trying to do form for that for that type of horse. Mm. Yeah. So I think there are certain horses that have thrived in those conditions, but there's. There's many, many more that haven't haven't sort of handled it. Yeah,
2: I, I don't know about about you two, but heading into heading into Ascot and the horses that do roll over from the Belmont winter into the Ascot season, I'm just approaching it with a with a fresh mind and just basically completely penning anything late in that season on that Belmont track that
0: horses were producing and I'm just going to go in with a completely clean slate for for those horses that do roll over. And it's it's also going to be interesting to see whether there's any like dry track improvers on a genuinely dry track at Caulfield today and at Caulfield on Saturday which we're about to preview as well. Horses for arguments sake today uh, Let's Galavant's been one of the fines of the winter, really. The Pierce brothers are up and about. Stable's going well. He's one horse that but he has just really relished the the, the Belmont conditions. Uh, is that a conditions thing? Is the horse just really progressive? And we'll see how that how that sort of lines up in the Hannons this afternoon.
1: So Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting getting back to like it's always been the case of a good for at Belmont and a good for at Ascot are two different beasts, mm. but this season in particular, I think it'll just it'll be standout from good four at Belmont on those days where you're coming off three days of sunshine and they're running those 10 length and benchmark times heading to Ascot. It's just not going to stand up in terms of good track form. I think you've just got to approach it completely different of horses that have good track form going to Belmont on a good four can still perform poorly and you can still put it down to the fact that it just didn't get through that track. So yeah. It's just a different it's a different way to look at it now heading into Ascot but uh, it's a great problem to have I think so.
0: Yeah, I think everyone everyone's always got to spring in their step going back to Ascot and you even see like the there's some nominees last weekend that you thought oh that's a, that's got talent the trials were good this week there's plenty of plenty of horses raring to go. We'll have the 3-year-old classic first up on opening day and then uh, second day back on the 15th is the, um, is the now Eurythmic Stakes where we'll see more top liners sort of. So it won't be very long before we're assessing some of the very best horses in Western Australia as well. So boys, let's take a quick break and when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll get moving on this Calgary Cup Day preview. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview. Kalgoorlie Cup Day. BJ Ryan, Riley Morgan, and Tom Johnson were teaming up to record episode 143 of the One One. This is your West Australian Racing Podcast. It's just before 11 a.m. on Thursday, the 29th of September, Handicap Day in uh, in the Goldfields, Kalgoorlie. The the first day of the round um, this afternoon, Kalgoorlie Cup Day on Saturday, Northern on Sunday and it's the historic Landor double header now the Landor races it's the East Gascoigne Race Club it's basically a picnic a double header picnic weekend of racing it's been running since the 1920s so it's a um, it's a very historically significant uh, event every year, the Landor, uh, the Landor races. So um, anyone who's going along to that, fantastic. They tell me it is an amazing weekend of country racing there up at the, uh, in the Eastern Gascoigne So, and everyone, please stay tuned throughout the show on info how you can enter the market city meets get out stakes competition. And we've decided to implement a pre semi-finals buy for our media mogul mastermind tournament, Uh, our semi-final one of our tournament will kick off next Thursday on our Back to Ascot edition. Semi-final one will be Michael Heaton versus Scotty Embry. Who's your prediction with that one, fellas? In a word? Scott. Scott. On Uh, toast. uh, And the following week, it'll be semi-final two, Jay Rooney versus Brittany Taylor. In a word?
2: Has to be Rooney, doesn't it? He's just got the
0: runs on the board. <laughs> Upset. <laughs> Upset. Value. Tommy's yeah. going for the value there. Britt Taylor take it on. Jay Rooney. So October 6th, October 30, will 13 will be our two semi-finals, and then we'll roll into our mastermind tournament finale. Uh October, Thursday, October 20. So very much looking forward to that. Okay, Tommy and Riley, let's get cracking on our Kalgoorlie Cup Day preview. First things first, though, it's time for the Kalgoorlie track report. Brought to you by Wittens Irrigation and Design, whether it's racetrack, residential, or commercial, water wisely with Wittens. Now, to give us the Wittens track report for Kalgoorlie Cup Day, we've decided to get our man, the Perth Racing Guru, who's on location in the Goldfields. Terry, how are you? Welcome to the 1 1. Uh, mate, what's happening in Kalgoorlie at the moment And let's uh, set the scene for Kalgoorlie Cup Day How's the track going to play? Uh, I know you're a very keen observer of the Kalgoorlie racing season Rail in the true What are you expecting from, um, from the pattern-wise on, uh, on Saturday?
3: to getting a bit of a Mark Lacrosse set the scene top, set Yes, up. exactly uh, good, to, good to hear everyone's voices, by the way How are we, lads? How are we all doing? Are we excited?
1: We are very excited, very excited, Terry I wouldn't say excited. I'd say more flat. Why? I'm in a studio in Perth, as yeah. of, as opposed to I don't know the worst place on earth in Kalgoorlie last <laughs> year. But yeah, I, I that's, wish that's I was there. For me. Yeah, one day I'll get there. So
0: what? What? Where, where are, are, where are it's you? Not too
1: late. Where are you right
0: now, Terry? Let the listeners know. Uh,
3: sitting on my balcony in the plaza. We got Pete Anthony, Pistol Pete, in the room, and. Uh, and Bradley McManus uh, is currently ironing our, our ironing our shirts, so he's uh, a little bit short of money. So we're chipping in a couple of bucks each per shirt for him to get a nice and crease <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, well, not really a joke. He's actually ironing. He's doing a great job too. So I don't know why I'm picking on him. <laughs> That's really mean. Um, anyway, the Whitman's track report, DJ. Great, great question. Um, it's uh, it's it's green. It's it's dry, but it's actually it's actually uh, cooler here than it is in um, Perth, I believe, which is quite surreal. I don't know how that's that's a thing to be honest with you. So the first thing for the day is you're going to wear shorts or pants and I think it's pants weather. So pants weather, 22 degrees so wear your pants. I wouldn't wear a tie, I think that's overdressed personally but you know, it is a country cup after all, so you sort of dress at the level you want to dress to. <laughs> uh, but the track itself, CJ, um, the inside pads have been, um, it's been a very firm spot most of the year. They've only raced there a few times this year, but horses coming wide have seemed to stop dead, and some good horses are on their runs. So I'm, I'm pretty wary about that, and the fact the last two carnivals have been very, much uh, big on pace sort of days as well. Um, bigger fields later in the day, it tends to fare up when you've got more speed in races, obviously. But um, I am mindful um, that it could be difficult and it could be extremely advantageous to be in those sort of first sort of two or three lanes closest to the fence.
0: Very good. So not only do we provide a track report, but well, we've got a dress code uh, announcement, public mm. service announcement as well here via <laughs> via our friends at Witten's. Um, Terry, now you're uh, you're becoming a bit of a veteran of the Cowgully round. You're, you've got um. up there with Pistol Pete and uh, Bradley McManus um, for a few days. Now, um, what what can you give the people that are uh, attempting the round for the first time any any pointers? What what uh, what's What's uh, some of your rules of thumb when it comes to surviving the Cowgully round? Nice brekkie at the Palace. Get to the gold bar early to avoid the six-hour line, and
3: just hope hope that there's a few more hospitality workers uh, in Kalgoorlie at the moment because it was hard work getting a beer last year on course. So uh, that's 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 the um, that's the main aim for the day. You just sometimes you've got to buy multiple at a time. You got to park yourself. You got to triple park yourself, but. I just think that's, that's all part of the ramp. It's all part of being in Kalgoorlie, you know. So you're not going to find much gold these days unless you, unless you find oh, – I think we've got a big prize winner today, actually. I'll talk about that later. Is, um, the, um, is the
2: gold bar walking distance, Terry, from the plaza, or do you have to, uh, do you have to stand around in the, uh, Mate, in the taxi I rank line at the end of the night?
3: I can see it right <laughs> now. I can see the Tats Club, where I'll be purchasing the winner of the Kalgoorlie Cup and the Calcutta tomorrow night. You can see the – what am I looking at? You can see the gold bar, can see the exchange – yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in heaven. Prime I'm in heaven. He's in the oh, one one. God, isn't he?
0: You're in the one one. Yeah, jam- we jam-
3: are. Yeah, we're in the. Yeah, and we're, we're travelling well too, to be honest <laughs> with you, which is concerning. Which means I'll be travelling very poorly tomorrow. I suggest I wouldn't be running out of strong thousand metres tomorrow.
0: So you're in the um, gold. You're in the gold fields, How about you give the listeners a little bit of guru gold on Calgary Cup Day? The markets are out. Have you been active this morning? Yeah. What What are you What are you lining up? What can you What can you feed us?
3: Uh, it's, it's a good day. I don't really like today as a punting day. We've got a few in, uh, you and I, BJ. We've got Ruling Dame and Evelina later, and obviously I've got Dick big day from the Cats, so I'm probably just more thinking today's more of an ownership day and hope for a miracle from a awkward gate with one of them. Um, but I do like Saturday uh, as a betting day. There's some of the worst, um... Some of the worst sixty, eighty thousand dollars races of all. It's, it's hard to believe some of those horses are racing for eighty grand prize um, money. Like we have a race where I think shoot your shot or forty one days. is favourite for a uh, eighty thousand dollars race. So good on them. It's um it's amazing money. It's amazing money for a uh, for a pretty uh, pretty thin old race. But a um, couple I don't mind is uh, Mexicola in that same race, race three or four, uh, over the mile. Um, basically, they're all they're all battling. Like, I've marked Bocamp Count second favourite. I think you can actually pinch it, probably. So if you're marking Bocamp Count second favourite, it's a good indication you should be back on the horse you've got favourite because Boe Count probably doesn't mean another race in its life, does it? Um, but Mexicola is the only one of any of these last stars that sort of said beyond me um, next time. I go round, it's a better horse over the mile. It carries weight well, traditionally. It's a big unit. So, like, it settles midfield and Bocamp Count puts some speed into it. I reckon it should finish over them. I'm 290 Mexicola, and uh, we'll go to last one more, and um, I think Dunbar can win the last. I was with Green and Shady initially the way I was doing it, but uh, that horse just finds a lot of trouble. I think from barrier four, it's going to end up sort of fall back the fence, uh, five back the fence, and and Kalgoorlie's not a track you can sort of get out late and and pop through, and I don't know if Green and Shady... Is the type of horse you want, sort of just accelerating off 150 metres. So I think Dunbar can land three wide with a bit of cover close to him, and, and and wind up in a race full of speed. So either two, I think, on the day will make a
0: result. Maxi Cola
3: and Dunbar and the just, double, and just twenty a, to
0: one. Just a quick comment on the cup itself.
3: Ashmiley. That's my plan. Ash Miley. Um I found it very difficult to come at anything with a huge amount of confidence, but I've marked Blue Box favourite and I've marked Bad Wolf half its current price, so um, I will be backing Ash Miley. Very interesting to Bad Wolf. Beat um, Stafford Slaterholm in the ATA. I think it was the ATA, it was the town. Towton Last yep. year, B.J. Towton Cup. Towton, sorry, yeah. So B.J. home in the Towton gets five kilos on it and it gets map advantage on it too. So I um, thought its last run was, was pretty good considering the work it did early and then topped a little check in the straight as well. So um, it's 20 to 1. sluice so boxes, six bucks, I think, but not with a huge amount of confidence. We'll be hoping. Ashley Maley takes home the cup doesn't mind a celebratory froppy as well
0: <laughs> very good mate we won't keep you yucking. you can tell the excitement in his voice can't you the guru he's ready to attack
3: no, <laughs> I'm up and about ready to attack. I'm concerningly up and about if there's a podcast tomorrow I reckon I won't have the same vibrancy in my voice I don't think. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I won't be answering your phone until
0: about three p.m. So yeah, good luck to you, Pistol Pete and Bradley Mamanis and uh, everyone who's making the uh making the trip to lead for, for the round Hannon's Day today, cup day Saturday, and uh yeah, enjoy yourself, cheering. and we'll see you when you uh get back to Perth in one piece. Thanks, lads. Enjoy. Okay, let's let's get things started with race one. Kalgoorlie Cup Day is the C D Dodd Maiden twelve. 100 metres there's a couple of nice horses in this race actually guys however it is important for uh, for our listeners to note the double engaged across the Thursday and the Saturday meetings and um, is there a couple in who were nominated for Northern Sunday as well. But I might just throw to you, Riley, can you let us know who's going around today and uh, who is still engaged to race in the CD Dodd in the opener? Go Cup Day.
2: Well, BJ, in this particular race on Saturday, one of the key speed influencers in the race down the bottom there made my way for Ricky Brown, is currently also engaged to go around today on Hannon's Handicap Day, and he's one of the, the key runners in this race on the weekend from a speed map perspective. So just might pay to... To, it might pay to pay some attention to whether or not this horse does go around in this event on the weekend and whether they do back up off the couple of days. But in terms of the the double-nominated runners, he's the only one in this opening event on the weekend.
0: Okay, yeah, it's not uncommon for the horses to go Thursday, Saturday as well, especially the, the locals. So, um, yeah, just keep an eye out, listeners. There are some double-engaged sort of scattered throughout the program. But um, just keep your eye on the scratchings for that. So, Riley, you did touch on the speed there with um, Made My Way. It does look like there's a bit of top-end speed in this particular race. Um, Pilbara Song uh, led at speed the other day for Roy Rogers, Made My Way. Stormlord for Ryan Hill can go forward. And there's a couple of horses with a bit of speed, but I think they'd like to sort of tuck in behind them in in filthy habits and perhaps Magna Burner coming coming from a wide alley. TJ, how do you assess the uh, the CD Dodd maiden, the opener, Kegel the Cup there?
1: Um, I assessed it with a lack of confidence just purely on the basis that I reckon I take two different views depending on made my way being in and made my way being out of the race. Mm-hmm. So the horse I wanted to kind of center in on is Magna Burma. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it's a horse that has a fair bit of talent and we haven't quite seen it yet. Uh, from memory it has trialed up previously quite nicely and just hasn't really put it into race form. Um, and 10 looks a little bit sticky, but, in my map, I had a big gap behind the leaders. That if they wanted to go and take it, they they kind of could just land there. Yeah, you I know, sort
0: of, I sort of felt maybe a three wide line as well, perhaps cut three wide cover for Mag- Magna Burma.
1: Yeah, and I just didn't see. I mean, I see it can be possible, but in my in my map, I thought that there is definitely a high possibility that he finds cover in this race. Um, and it's there wasn't much else in the race that I thought was overly talented uh, in terms of. Uh, wholeheartedly being, oh, it's got the race sewn up, Playhouse Patron I'm kind of taking on. I thought the trial was just okay. And I think the map is quite sticky, especially if Made My Way comes out. I think it will end up quite far back on a slowish or not as hot a tempo and will find it awfully difficult if he gets boxed in. So I'm Magna Burma. I'm around the $5 mark, so I'm not overly confident. I don't particularly want to play, but that's the way I've leaned.
0: Magnum, did Magna Burma start favourite the other
1: day? It did. Yeah, so, so it, it got backed SP, in heavily. Very well backed.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I thought the run was was a bit a bit plain, but you're right. It did show – I think I might have even backed it at first starting a race. It was uh, – ended up being $4 favourite in a race won by pennies on the Queen at Ascot back in February. Ran third on that occasion, but um, hasn't quite been able to piece it together, but maybe SJ Miller – Heading to the goldfields blinkers on, might be able to turn things around. Riley? Yeah, just a bit of a difference in
2: opinion here for me in terms of the trial from Playhouse Patron. It was, for me, I really liked the trial. It was um, one of the quickest heats of the morning, of that morning. And I thought that this horse began far better than he did in his two-year-old days and was able to show he can hold a position and um, leaving the machines really well. And I thought once he was asked for an effort, he really quickened up well and, and let down nicely through the line. So I thought it was a, a super piece of work from, from him resuming here for... For Bob McPherson, if if we go back and look through his two year old form, he was he was the was run of the good, race. It? Yeah. He was the run of the race at his second start when taken back to last from from the widest barrier behind Saintorio and Reduva King, and then from barrier fifteen of fifteen, ran second to Capricorn Man in a in a really strong run twelve hundred meters when when caught off the track throughout. And then we go through his two most recent starts. He was a I thought he was a superior run to Costa's Crown in a in a Perth stakes and finished on the heels of, of all the King's men who we saw what that Galloper was able to do last week and then was was solid in a Karakata plate as well. So it's pretty clear that this guy up until now in his career hasn't drawn a barrier. And he, he does draw a barrier here on the weekend and showed to me in his recent trial that he can hold a position there and with plenty of of speed engaged here. He can sit sit in behind the midfield with cover and he trialed without the blinkers and they come off here for the for the first time on race day. So although I do think he's got the most upside here from a as a potential perspective, he's just a little skinny for me at around that two dollars thirty. And the other galloper that that drew my attention was Filthy Habits, so yep. who I'd be I'd be more keen on this on Filthy Habits' chances here if made my way was to come out, who who also goes around today and is obviously very quick and, and drawn to his outside. I, th- I thought his run last start at Northam had plenty of merit. He he really had to work to get across in a race where they they ran the first six hundred meters six lengths faster than average. So I thought he was enta- entitled to blow out a little bit late, but I thought he still gave a a really good kick and he should land in a prominent position from the draw and back to 1200 metres. If he was able to to find the top here or there wasn't as much speed in in terms of him landing leaders back and there wasn't a real charge of the light brigade to get to the front where it could get a little bit sticky mm. for room there at certain stages, I'd be more keen on his chances uh, on in terms of Playhouse Patron with the match fitness on his side but just think most likely he gets crossed and could potentially end up three back the fence which may not be the right setup for him dropping back in trip. So mm. it's a difficult little race to assess the first, the first on Saturday.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on your page, Riley. I reckon I really like Playhouse Patron as a horse. I love the way that he sort of lengthened and lowered in his action when he set out after, uh, what's that horse's name? Aru- Aruchacha? a Arochacha. In that Larkhill trial, he just really looked like, looked very determined and, um, yeah, just really ate up the, uh, like ate up the ground there with, with sort of with um, beautiful, fluent action there from Playhouse Patron and and didn't really have a lot of luck in those um, those sort of feature 2 races against no, him. Like he just, he's just one of those horses. And it's interesting because he did show, show gate speed early in his career and I noticed in that trial the other day, Joey had a party uh, when they began, he actually began with them. So I'm hoping from three he can just – and the speed comes across, um, he can just drop in behind him and, and get sort of a, a real look at what's happening in front of him. Um, for me, I think Playhouse Patron is the winner. I was 275, though. I don't know what you guys thought about price-wise. So a little bit like what reiterating what Riley said, the two thirty two forty 240 is on the thin side. I'm hoping that might be a bit of a common sort of Theme that people people think he's a bit short, and there's money for your Starchiens, your Filthy Habits, and uh, maybe even a Magna Burma push. They they firm, and he can maybe get out more towards my price. He's the one I was really looking at. Filthy Habits was was the one who gets the map. Winkers on CJP. um, It was George gently uh, Starchiennes and and Secret Identity were the three horses that beat him home. So um, beat yeah in that uh, Northern Maiden. Um, Last start, that was the 15th of September. So Luke Fairney back on his home deck, I reckon he'll be, have this horse cherry ripe to to run a race. So yeah, just yeah, interesting
2: tur- as well, uh, going back to his his debut run, was that this is a horse, he looks like he's quite a big sort of striding horse mm-hmm. and my query for him from that draw with the speed engaged is he could, could as he did it in his first run, he overdid it a little bit once he was caught sort of strung up in between horses and, and in behind horses on the fence. So I thought that, that maybe could be the area of issue for him on the weekend if he does get cross, but... Yeah, I was two dollars ninety Playhouse Patron um on in the opener on the weekend. So the two dollars thirty currently won't get me, but mm. hopefully there's a there's a drift there, or they or they overbet Playhouse Patron, and we can have something small on Filthy Habits.
0: Yeah, my last comment on this race is Hidden Ruby's been um, three wide no cover the entire its last two no luck, so perhaps uh, tucked in with a bit of. Bit of cover, uh, 53 kilos after Holly Watson's claim. um, and Ruby might be a bit bit sort of maddy territory in the opener of the day, but uh, um, that is uh, the CD Dodd Maiden covered. Race two is the Rexall Handicap, 1760. It's a graduation, uh, 59 plus from a ratings point of view, 55 kilo minimum. Uh, Henchard who... Um, unusually accepted in two races. You don't see that very often, or maybe it was just – and so he was accepted in races two and three, but he's going around in race two. Interestingly enough, also, Brad Rewilla is on board. Regular rider Clint Johnston-Porter is partnering feuding from the Nick Carapolotti yard. Um, Just the nine runners here. um, Interested to – it's interesting to see that I think the two – Last two winners of this particular race are both engaged here. Magic Will Rain two years ago and Pretty Friar last year. Riley? Your thoughts on Pretty Fryer in the Rexall?
2: It's a good race. It's a good race. There's a few differing form lines sort of colliding here, some really strong performers in lower sort of Kalgoorlie grades stepping up in the in the likes of feuding, meeting some sort of seasoned veterans of these sort of races, as you touched on, BJ, with Magic Will Rain and Pretty Fryer. And I expected to find Henchard as, as most likely the best horse in the race here and was somewhat surprised to find that Pretty Fryer actually ticked plenty of boxes for me here. And now we go back through this mare's form, and this is a mare who's been racing in, in better race. Races than this and two starts ago was was only beaten two lengths by Ginger Green and Olsafina who's a dual subsequent winner, and then and enticing, who was also a subsequent winner and, and ran second last weekend to to all the King's Men, and then last start, despite not being mentioned in the stewards report, which was interesting, this horse was three back defence in a real sit sprint sort of race where they absolutely crawled along and and really didn't find galloping room in the straight until passing the one fifty. So although there isn't anything in the stewards report there, she never really got a good crack at them, and again never really got checked or. Anything. Anything but just just cramped. Yeah, and it was just really cramped, cramped for Rome, yeah, certainly. Yeah. And then you look at the form around her there again. Still only beaten a tad over two lengths. Position of power try for us and Catalpa, and that's that's super form for a horse that I think's only going to improve the deeper she gets into her preparation, the further she gets out in trip, and and the drier the ground she gets. And she she certainly gets that here on the weekend. She she loves Calguli. Loves Cal. She's yeah. two from two at the track and distance, and was a dominant winner in a similar race to this on this day twelve months ago, yeah. as he, as you mentioned, Bj yeah. and Sean sure no Donald sticks with her. I think she brings the strongest form with her to the goldfields and and ticks plenty of boxes for me here. So around that that seven dollars fifty is now into into six dollars. I still think that's a, a nice enough price to be to be having something on.
0: Tommy,
1: yeah, I took a little different view in that I thought feuding has shown that yeah uh, he yes he has gone to a new level this prep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's flying. I thought sixteen hundred uh, last start really bought the best out of him, and I think the seventeen sixty here uh will suit him to a T. Gets uh, couldn't our uh, sticks, and I just found Ten at two ten. Uh, it's just way too short. For, yep, I agree. For I may as much as he might be the best horse in the race. Um, there's just no way you'll find me. I find me backing it at that price. Uh, Pretty Fryer was well in my market around the seven dollar mark, so he's in and around that price now. But I was two ninety feuding. He's just above that. I'll, um, but I think I can almost wait on feuding and I think I'll see a little bit of a better price late and that'll be the way I go. I just want to mention a horse by the name of Eurogem who does go around uh, today um, today yeah, yeah. on Hannon's Day. Um, different jockey, different setup. I think I would have found this horse at last start was horribly held up, got out with 100 to go and offered a little bit late, but I think the horse is going really well and In a different setup, I think uh, he can pick up a win somewhere or she can pick up a win somewhere. So that's just one to follow out of the race.
0: Yeah, also there's a couple more Calgary meetings prior to the end of the season post the round. So Eurogen might be one of those horses who picks up a race post. But yeah, I'm with you. That That was a black booker for sure. Just in, just want to
2: touch on Henchard, who who obviously, as the short price elect, according to the market in this race, it was a, it was a good win last start when I think unsuited by the tempo, but he did get a nice card up into it on the back of the second place getter there. Dad's big-headed. Sorry to bring um, that back up. <laughs> I, don't, I, I'm, I'm, to I was, I was with
0: you there, Tommy. But yeah. what was
2: interesting for me was the, <laughs> was the post-race comments from Adam Durant regarding what trip the horse might be looking for or, or what might be his best trip. And mm. Durant seemed to be of the opinion that day that the horse might be best suited at a mile, which is which is interesting when you consider that they scratched Henchard from another very winnable race of jo- the mile with later on in the card card as well, Yeah, for, for this, in terms of uh, in in favour of this event over a bit more ground. So in saying that, this is also a very winnable race and he should be able to land a bit handier to the speed from the gate but just think that there has to be a few reservations and it's interesting placement when you put into account the, the post-race comments
0: that he'd be best at the mile and they've, they've scratched from that race to go to the this race over more ground and no cjp either stable jock so there's a couple of little and i mean as you said it's clearly the right race for him because he's even money favorite when markets are released so the um you know the markets are suggesting that he's uh 50 50 chance of winning this particular race but i'm with you tommy i think i think nick carraplody's done an amazing job with with feuding um ex jaron mcculler force i believe yeah. and um what's he even even in his defeats um, in Kalgoorlie, there's been a couple of occasions where he hasn't really had a lot of luck. He probably should have won uh, second up when ta- when beaten um, by Town Hall, was three wide, no cover the entire behind Seabull, and then was sort of sort of held up and cramped for a room behind Seabull the following start. And then it's gone, then um, CJP, Goes on, gets a beautiful trail behind a genuine tempo the other day and just puts them to the sword um, up over the mile there. Uh, back there was the 4th of September. Is 27 days between runs, but um, with the run, he's likely to get tucked in behind the speed. Um, CJP's beautiful hands just conserving, conserving, and producing at the right time. I had Feeding and Henchard marked exactly the same flat $3. They were my market leaders. Henchard, even money. Feeding is a little bit of three. Thirty-three, forty around at the moment, feuding for me.
1: Yeah, the other thing with feuding as well, um, being from the Nick Carplotti stable, is I know he's off 27 days, but Nick seems to have them going really well off extended, uh, extended breaks, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't really seen much of. Um, like normally with a horse off 27 days, I'd mark it as a negative. But with Nick, I just don't think it's an issue. He's had a few that first up and off 40-odd day breaks that are just performing uh, above market, um, Expectations. So I think the twenty-seven days isn't a negative, and you can always put a line through that being a factor. Are we going to talk about So schmink? No, we're not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> leave, leave, leave me out of that, Jay. <laughs> um, I just was just kept going back and watching it's run behind Ginger Green first up. And I was like, "Wow, that was an incredibly competitive performance from So Schmidt, who was basically a uh, on the uh, on the scrap heap after leaving the Steve Wolf yard. Now with Brad Graham, unsuited in a sit and sprint, getting back running on. Uh, interesting to see Brad Parnham go on for Brad Graham. We'll be talking about another Brad and Brad combination in a, another race uh, on the card as well. But um, So Schmidt could be uh, could be a random roughie on uh, on Calgary Cup Day, who um, could jump into a hole or third and fourth and. Uh, help with your uh, exotics there so I think he might be going around over the odds his old so schmicker Narogen Cup winner in his prime. Race three is the Kalgoorlie paint center handicap over the mile, 66 plus uh, advertised. However, the strength of this race means that, uh, or lack thereof, means that it was um, actually weighted as a 59 plus on the handicapper scale, 55 kgs on the minimum. Number one henchard is a scratching. He'll be going around in race two, as we just discussed. Very keen on one here. to see whether you boys find it as well, Riley. You're up first, yeah, Bj. I think we I
2: think we see eye to eye here in in race number three. And for me, I was I was completely taken by the by the last start effort of Mexicola, who who had his fourth run here for the preparation, gets out to the mile, and he just looks really really set for this. He he got a very long way back last start in the m- Memorial Sprint, and had no room approaching the corner. And I think personally, I've convinced myself if if he, if he had got out at the top of the straight, that he would have won that race. And I think this horse is flying. He's he's twice a winner at the mile. He carries weight really well, which is crucial for him. And I do like the small field for him here as well with what looks to be quite a soft leader in bow count. I wouldn't think that bow count could still be there whacking away right at the business end. And shoot your shot, who's your most likely breeze horse, is off a pretty lengthy uh, gap between runs as well. And shoot your shot, I think, is likely left in front a fair way from home, which could which could really play into the hands of this horse if Rewilla can keep him somewhat within striking distance. And I thought that, that last start effort was uh, was one of the runs of the day. And I think uh, getting up up To the mile is a, is a trip he's proven at previously, and he I really like his chances as Mexicola. So, at that sort of $4.20 he's at now, I'll make him my best on the day. Mm.
1: Tommy, yeah, this wasn't a race that really excited me. Um, only this morning did I discover that I've uh, shoot shots off that extended break. In my head, I had 21 days, which I thought was perfect. 41 but, days, yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was yeah. 20 days off, so I almost double. Um, which changes things a little bit but I don't think it changes the fact that I'm not excited about the race as a whole <laughs> I think it's uh, we can't bring you can't bring you with us <laughs> no you probably will on the day you'll probably get me but considering I think in the market there's what is that five or six between or six between 360 and 9 dollars speaks volumes about the race where nothing would overly surprise me I don't want to be on a horse like gluten free I don't want to be on a horse like megazone I sure as hell don't want to be on all in red that horse is, gives me nightmares mm. bow count I'd be very surprised if it wins another race shoot your shot off an extended break and Mexico I just don't think's that good despite the last run. Uh, for me I'm more than happy to sit and watch and uh, let these go around because if cessational won then that would be my best result <laughs> uh, yeah I'm just a couple
0: of things on the horses that you touched on megazone hasn't won in 33 starts. His last win was the 18th of December, 2019 and gluten-free, although racing very consistently as is Megazone, gluten-free hasn't won in its last 24 starts. That was the 2nd of November, 2019. So there's a couple of those horses who are kind of floating around in the market who struggled to, to win, um. it's interesting you say that, BJ, because I thought going through
2: this race, I thought, hmm, perhaps this could be the the setup where they back gluten free up mm-hmm. off the two days. Considering the horse was was entered to, to race today, it could be that that two day backup, which which could be a pr- it's a proven formula at Kalgoorlie, it's a proven formula to be popular with punters. But mm-hmm. they seem to have have scratched that horse from today to go to Saturday, which yeah. I think is actually a positive for me and in, in my how much I like the chances of Mexicola. I thought that that two day backup might play into the. The hands of gluten-free, but seeing that horse come out now sort of increases my confidence in in how I've played this race.
0: Yeah. And I, I feel as though with bow count, gluten-free, shoot your shot, rolling forward, it's going to be a genuine mile. Brad Willow can just cuddle up Mexicola. It probably doesn't have to ex- expend much um, energy early, can cruise into the race middle, hopefully outside of heels rather than having to weave through which he ha- had to do last start small field if he can get rolling into the race full momentum full head of steam hits the Kalgoorlie, Kalgoorlie straight ready to rock and roll I think this is going to be a one act affair late pretty keen here Mexicola he is also my best of the day just touching he has he is uh, twice a winner at the mile this time last year, he ran in all three cups races: Coolgardie mm, so Cup, that. Boulder Cup, Cowgullie Cup. This round, this this uh, twelve months later, he's dropping back in grade and uh, has found a real winnable race on Cup Day. I think that I had him marked two seventy favourite, so that current price is um, is quite juicy for uh, for me. So uh, Mexicola, Riley,
1: and uh, my best of the day. I'll unplay devil's advocate just quickly on yeah. that one. What do you make of the? two starts uh, first and second up with 61 kilos being just, uh, I thought just okay. I don't know if you took the same view yep. and then drops to 54 and then's produced a really um, almost a spike run in terms of this prep. How now judging going back up to 59, is that a factor that you've taken into consideration? Cause I just thought the five kilo that just might've been the differences is uh, the way. a horse that is appreciating the lightweight and has put in a real big peak and now, Back up five kilos might just plateau a little bit in that last two hundred meters. Perhaps, perhaps. So I just thought,
0: I just thought it was just there was so many negatives on the other horses. That was the yeah. that was the thing that really made me. I needed to fill my market, my market percentage up, and I just couldn't, I couldn't give a lot to your cessationals and those horses. So every time I tweaked my market, it just got Mexicola sort of shorter. But to answer your question, I don't see the weight as a negative, and I just think those first two runs were um for prep runs i suppose yep. they were just building fitness runs and get his get his um sort of getting moving into the into the campaign um carried 60 and a half to an esperance um in february um, carried
2: 60 to win at Kalgoorlie over yeah. 1200 metres last year as well
0: and his, last, and his win prior to that was 60 at Northam so for me it, uh, it won't be the, the, necessarily the weight that, that beats him maybe if they go bananas out in front and it's like a tearaway leader situation and last man standing that might that might mean that he feels the weight late um, which could be a factor but I feel as though Mexico has just been set for this race and ready to win race 4 is the coastal Midwest transport handicap? It's a zero metro in last year, over 2,200 meters, uh, 54 and a half minimum. Adam Durant, CJP, one of the best combinations going around, they team up here with the top weight. He's a lucky lad. The very well travelled uh, tough bugger, Arnie's boy, comes back from a Carnarvon Cup. Belmont last Sunday straight to the gold fields <laughs> on the seven, seven day spin around. Um, only Money Maley uh, can. Uh can get away with these things, but um, other than that, it kind of drops off a bit of a cliff, this field. Um, don't know what you guys thought, but um, they, they are the two, and they're the two, obviously, that the the market has found, mostly uh, the other horses in single figures currently. There's a chance of three, the local, $6, uh, and It's a Lance uh, down the bottom there with Holly Watson on board is around the $8 mark. Tommy, any uh, any pearls of wisdom for this particular race?
1: Um, I found this one a bit tricky. I was, I was favorite, Arnie's boy over he's a lucky lad, and there's a chance I didn't have far away in my market, mm. but that's where I had it ending. I know it's a Lance is going around, um, today, I believe. Um, yep, dual nom, dual nom, and so that horse wouldn't surprise if they back up on, um, but I don't, I think the seven dollars is really too short for that horse, um. He's a lucky lad at the 280, won't get me. Mm-hmm. I I was around $3.50 for Arnie's boy and around $5 for There's a Chance, and they're right around that mark. But I just hard to back any of these with a whole lot of confidence or either one of them because if He's a Lucky Lad came out and won, I wouldn't be surprised. It was out the door last start, so I'm not surprised by the average performance in the end. Um, so if you see any support here – it wouldn't shock me for it to come out and win by two lengths or anything. So so last
0: Saturday, he's on the quick backup. Arnie's boy and uh, Lucky Lad are both coming out of the same race. So he, last Saturday, he's a Lucky Lad officially, um, 3 dollars out to $6 in that race. Um, Arnie's boy was 11 out to 16 so he eased as well, ran third behind Accelerate. So the money was strong for Accelerate and, was it Crescent City? Was that where the money yeah. came Accelerate from? Accelerate
1: was the big money.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Do, do we think he's a lucky lad's a stayer? up um, oh,
2: See, this is where I had my, my queries, BJ and... My question marks being around whether he is a genuine stayer or, or whether he's as, as as good as we may have thought. Um, you just go back to his his second up win, which which was a nice win visually, but you go back through that race and he was on the express lane taking the cutaway for that day and the form through that race hasn't been franked either. So um he carries top weight here, gets back to you'd think would be near last or close enough to it from the gate. I just think there's more questions around him and how he's going at the moment than there is answers, particularly at when the you- when you take into account how much of a drifter he was last weekend
1: and the price we're getting at the moment yeah yeah yeah, it's, yeah. it's just not the right price for me yeah I, d- I don't think he sh- I think Arnie's boy should be favourite in this race mm. Um, so whether that's the way I end up playing it I don't know but basically I know that I, th- I will be on Arnie's boy or there's a chance or both I won't be on he's a lucky lad unless it go out to like seven eight dollars but even then if it goes out to seven eight dollars what's going wrong mm. well, how bad is he in the yard so Yeah. I I don't know. I think it's sort of 2200s at Kalgoorlie aren't the easiest of races and this fits the bill. So I suppose one thing he does have in his favour is there's only the nine runners and maybe a couple of them come out
0: if they race today or, or, or whatever, and he doesn't have to circle a big field. I thought it was just really hard to make up ground in that race last Saturday. One horse that did run on in that race was Special Picture. I think ran a good last two. Um, so War didn't run on. He's a lucky lad. Sort of whacked, whacked away. It was a funny odd race. None of those horses at the back travelled though. No, it, they no. didn't. It wasn't. As I if, if it wasn't
2: as if they the the leading sort of brigade were able to break away and they weren't able to, to keep up with them. It was uh, these horses at the back of the field were just not travelling well
0: at all. Well, I wonder if he's a lucky lad might be a bit of a dry track improver as well, back well, that's, to yeah. back to, Cal- uh, back to a, a genuine good track in Kalgoorlie. Yeah, three, um, of his, three of his four career wins have been on the on the good four tracks there. He's a lucky lad. I mean, I was on him, very keen on him, the day that he ran second to Black Chips. That was December 18, Ascot last year. He was still a 15 favourite. He sort of went, got caught in a two-horse war with that horse, who is a genuine stay, and just got bobbed out, really. So that run didn't suggest to me that he doesn't stay. And also Adam Durant, you can never you never knock him off on anything, you know, um, any of his horses that are 800 meter plus He's just a genius at, at conditioning those type of horses. So I can see the race, the way that the race shapes out, and the fact that a lot, of the, a lot of the locals just don't have the same quality as he does means that he's going to be short in this nine-horse field. Um, but I'm kind of thinking a little bit that Arnie's boy, He's probably going to have field position, fitness, toughness. He might be able to outlast a horse. Like he's a lucky lad who might be sort of launching late, but might feel the pinch um, at the end of the twenty two hundred as well. So, Arnie's boy, but even he's still a little bit. You know, I actually thought uh, might sound a bit wild. But I actually thought decoy noxious could be a dry track improver on the quick backup as well. Obviously, didn't didn't go yard in that in that ground uh, the other day. Has raced well in Calgary in the past. In the past, and has is probably going to go around at. Um, at uh, a long, long price. But I don't know why some addiction would take this horse all the way to Kalgoorlie if he didn't pull up well and she doesn't think he can be competitive as well.
1: Well, interesting to note with that horse mm-hmm. two starts ago was, I can't remember what the opening price of was, but I think it was something somewhere around $51 and it started at $6. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the stranger moves uh, like of the day and they went straight to the front and tried to break their hearts, and it's just told late, and it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a money move here to see similar tactics um, and try and break them open mm-hmm. um, at the 1,000-meter mark and really set them alight. Yep. And, I mean, I don't know the true staying capability of horses like Arnie's boy, and even he's a lucky lad with somewhat questioning his ability to stay. So if that does happen, it might really open up this race, and it, that wouldn't be the most shocking thing to happen for... Him to be five lengths in front with 200 to go. Mm. Yeah, I think people are
0: going to have a little bit of liberties to try and um, try a few different things on Keoghley Cup day, especially with a few short price favourites and the way that the track is going to is likely to play. Riley, you wanted to chime in?
2: Yeah, it's a tricky race. A few different angles. For me, I just thought that perhaps uh of the locals that do have some quality that there's a chance yeah. is, is one of those horses and I thought his last start effort with the 62 kilos was was a bit of a horror show he never saw clear daylight and I thought he traveled into the into that race far better than anything else that, that sat close to the speed in running they all seemed to be really paddling approaching the corner but he was just caught in behind them really looking for room and and didn't find it and at first glance some might query the, the trip here but if we go back in his career, this horse went to town for an, an Apprentices Cup over the 2,200 metres and had a very inexperienced jockey in the saddle that day who who went forward on him and opened up a break. I'm not sure if you remember the race, BJ, but opened up a break of about eight lengths on the field early before before dropping the proverbial anchor yeah. and, and mid-race resulted in numerous mid-race moves. And before you knew it, he went from six lengths in front at the 1,000 to sixth on the corner with yeah. 400 to go. And I thought the way he picked up through the line there, given how the race was run, was was a super effort. He's only been beaten three lengths Reliable Star and, and four lengths Pure Devotion, who was, were well in the market there in a Perth Cup. So so it wasn't a given, no offence, it wasn't one of the, the best rides of all time, but it was an Apprentice's Cup for that reason. I'd, I don't have any problems with him being able to run out the trip. My query would be if a horse like Decoy Noxious did really try and break them open and perhaps he could be a sitting duck just sort of sitting in there behind the speed. Or
0: oh, oh, that old, old alternative, that might suit him. Exactly. He he might, yeah, su- I, might might drag him into the race and he might have field position on those on Arnie's boy. And he's a lucky lad. And he's, and he's rock hard fit and yep. would have been absolutely set for
2: this by a very astute uh, yard in Nick Carapolotti. So <laughs> I just think that at the current price, he's he's not like – not, like yeah,
0: not quite there. Yeah, he's not quite there. Like yeah.
2: I, At the moment, I'm thinking $5 would be a bet for me. Arnie's boy, $7 upwards, $8 upwards would be a bet for me to get involved in this race with, with um, There's a Chance. But if I was to put one on top here, gun to head, he'd be, he'd be the way I'd lean.
0: Okay, yeah. I'm sort of feeling, feeling a little bit like that as well. Um, obviously um, – Obviously, Betfair, Betfair hoping for some um, some uh, better prices come closer to race day. I think anyone, I think we spoke about this on the show last week. Anyone who was patient with the uh, Western Night situation was rewarded on the exchange. A bit of uh, the only one as well. All yep, the Kingsmen hold- out to four dollars fifty on the exchange as well. Yep. So if you uh, if you hold your horses, then uh, <laughs> <laughs> hold your horses. <laughs> then uh, sometimes you can be rewarded there, especially on the Betfair exchange. Uh, there's been a few examples of that lately, where you can where you can get itchy and chime in early if you think you found one, or you can or you can wait and um, and get rewarded. Fingers for crossed it. for fingers
2: crossed for you, blokes. Nick Carapolotti could have a, a big weekend ahead. The the way things are
0: sounding, yeah, he's he's, he's obviously set his horses for for the round, and uh, he's going to try to um, pull off some big results starting today on Hannon's handicap day. All right, so no mastermind today. Listeners, um, we'll be back with semi-final number one of our uh, WA Racing Media Mogul Tournament. Um, but uh, we still need to give a shout out to our fantastic sponsors up there at the Mundaring Hotel, heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring, in Butchie O'Connor, a champion fella. If you're if you're in the neighbourhood. Driving up uh, through the hills there, make sure you drop in and see in red carpet treatment, feed, flutter, frothies, found the atmosphere with the beautiful weather, the big deck's going to be cranking. So um, yeah, and if you do... Uh, happen to uh, to go past or drop into the Mundaring, have a chat to Butchie. He loves his racing and um, he'll he'll be very hospitable there up at the Mundaring. So very much looking forward to our semi-final showdowns coming up. We've got semi-final number one between uh, Michael Heaton and Scotty Embry. That'll be on next Thursday's opening of Ascot edition. Bit of an inside running head-to-head. Yes, yes. And uh, – Following that will be um, Mr. Mastermind himself, Jay Rooney, Hall of Famer. He will be taking on Britt Taylor. So Tommy Johnston earlier in the show predicted there could be a bit of a bit of value in the uh, BT Britt Taylor price there. So uh, the winner of uh, each semi-final will go through, and um, they will be trying to win the Friss Grand Final Day, uh, Thursday, October <laughs> twenty. So very much looking forward to that. And we're back with the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap over 1,300 metres. Been a bit of a move since the markets are open this morning, fellas. Number one, prize pursuit as we were recording, $1.85, $1.80 in some
1: places. Tommy, what do you think of that? I think happy hellatorian day is what <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, tag hella. Yeah. I think it's justified The close enough to $2. I, th- I thought two forty was probably... a tiny bit long like the 220 marks probably deserved considering I think the only danger in this race because this is one of the worst races I've ever seen um, is that Halatorian would need to find a good spot in running maybe midfield in a three wide line to compete with it the rest I don't think can beat it so Love Drunk Baby I had third pick at around $9 I had Halatorian second pick at around uh, mid five and I was low twos for price pursuit. The rest, I give absolutely none in this field. You didn't. You didn't have. A, you didn't find Nicholas in your market. No, I did. What price Nicholas? Klaus Niklaus. I had eighteen. Yeah. So what is it now? Seventeen. So it's around that mark. Seventeen. Some places. Interesting.
0: Um, interesting that uh, your man Trigger Lodge, Roy Rogers, two runners, Halatorian, and the on speeder potentially Bilbao. on speeder sneaky, oh, sneaky, sneaky fox down the bottom. So I wonder if it's uh, it's going to be sneaky sneaky fox uh, rolling and um, setting some send some genuine tempo there and uh, the double double headed double pronged attack for the Roy Rogers yard. Um, yeah, sneaky, I mean I, I don't actually don't think sneaky, sneaky fox is hopeless. Sneaky
2: fox scratched from.
0: Midweek, yeah, was it Monday? Yeah, Monday. I actually thought, and Roy's had a couple of winners lately, so
1: I think he might be be back. I'm glad you're saying that he's back because we're all thinking it. Ace Ace (laughs) Fire only won by 17 minutes. But no, we don't promote team riding. There won't be speed on. It'll just be run to <laughs> Oh, no, but I mean, that's. The, it wasn't necessarily that. It was more the fact that that horse is in the race. His yeah. fingers will cross behind the chair.
0: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I actually don't think – I think Sneaky Fox, if it get, if it rolls along out in front with uh, minimum weight, um, it's uh, – it, like, I mean, it was only 1.6 behind Prize Pursuit as a $7 pop two starts ago uh, at Northern. That was – so it's, it's going to be fresh um, – off seventy-two days on Saturday, but I reckon it might run some cheek. The sneaky fox.
2: Yeah, I just thought show some cheek, brother. I just thought thirteen might be the see it out, see it out. Yep. Yeah, that was that was my thinking as well. Mm. I try. I, I had a good look at sneaky fox, thinking mm, perhaps Chris Nickel could roll along and really try and try and uh, pinch it here. But I think that perhaps the the thirteen hundred meters first up without a trial might be might be what sees sneaky fox out and. Mm. I've also conceded it's it's absolutely no fun at the price. Now, currently black money, but concede price pursuit looks looks very hard to beat here. And that last start win was really strong and gee, was Powerful, soft, wasn't it? Yeah, really, like, soft, yeah. really soft. Really soft.
0: He, um, he was another who looks like he relished being back on top of the ground. Yeah, maybe. exactly.
2: And that race actually rated six lengths faster than yep. class average for the Kalgoorlie 1200 metre circuit. So that's a really, really strong win on, on dry ground. And, and I can't um, see...
0: And with the change from a country template to a metro template, he stays at the same way exactly. Not,
2: exactly, yep. being a being a west speed platinum handicap, and I can't see any of those runners from that event. There's a couple who who meet him again here, being able to to turn the tables. And I just think that he he maps for a, a world perfect run, just tucked away in behind the speed and hit 1400 meters is no issue. He's a winner at the trip already. This preparation and really, I think should be putting two dollars two two dollars two wins in a line here. And I was two twenty, so I thought I agree with you as completely. Tom two twenty was a about bang on the right price. So currently at a dollar ninety, that's not uh enthusing. Mm-hmm. But I do concede he looks very hard to beat. And in in my notes as well, I had Halatorian as the as my second favourite and the the big X factor runner back onto back onto dry ground, which he quite literally needs. Yeah. He he's completely legless, completely pen everything is, is he's that done. What, is that what?
1: Is that what you you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. Just from after post race and stuff, hearing I think it was Northern. Or well, we knew early, like, he probably doesn't handle the soft, that Astro Warrior run just was too bad to be true. Clint came off and said, like, he travelled okay, just but never really got his foot settled, and then turning into the corner, he um, had something to offer, and he thought, well, oh, maybe this is just the horse, like, doesn't really travel well, but when you ask him for an effort, he goes, and he just didn't. And then, Northern, Brad got off and said it was a really good run, but just really does not get through that soft ground at all. And then last start, same scenario, basically was a bog track, and wheels started spinning so he would preferably run on he's cement and gravel um and get it as firm as possible and we should get close to that i would hope uh, on saturday there looks to be a little bit of rain around on the forecast funnily enough which would just be our luck if it starts raining yeah. however i mean a little bit of rain at kalgoorlie probably brings it to a true good four so uh yeah any any firmness in the ground he will appreciate that's for sure I just think that from the barrier,
2: if, if, as you touched on, if Lakhdar can lob him in that sort of three-wide moving line with cover, I think he's right in the game. And he just has to be a query for me from that gate, given there's also, on the flip side, every possibility that he, he could end up last in a, a position from which I don't think he would be able to pick up the favourite from. So I do think price Pursuit is, is very hard to beat, BJ, but Halatorian is the, the X Factor runner there at double figures for me.
0: Again, once again, might be a betfair job. Uh, sit around on the exchange, price pursuit late might get out to the two twenty that you blokes are looking at. It does stand out as um, and as the market has well and truly found him this morning. But uh, to Tommy Johnson and all the uh, crew in Halatorian, best of luck. Um, see Hella back on track. Race six is the LD total handicap. This is a thirteen hundred meter seventy two plus. A bit of quality, a few quality horses going around here. Fellas, what did you come up with? Who wants to, t- who wants to be first off? Riley?
2: Um, I really, I actually really struggled with this race, BJ, as a result of a few s- uncertainties at play in terms of whether or not they back up. Excellent dream from the Hannons today, who's obviously your $2.90 favourite currently in the market, who I think looks your most likely winner if they do back up. But again, you never know how horses truly handle that, that two-day backup until they do it. So, f- yeah, for me, BJ, there's more questions than answers. Regarding this race, but I do think that if they don't back up with excellent dream, that I just thought, yeah, Darty has to be the class runner in the field, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, yeah he does. I've actually been on yeah, Darty's last couple. I thought his idyllic Prince run was really good. I was a little bit disappointed with him in the finally, but I feel as though this um, back on top of the the ground, he could he could be an improver. Um, blinkers have gone on. I've noticed that the Auckland's camp have gone for a. Going for a gear change there and uh, just tucked in behind the speed from two. Brandon Louis claiming two. Um, yeah, Darty could um, he could put his best hoof forward there. Um, what do we like yeah, it's interesting. Start the fry Hannon's winner last year. Um, he lines up Narachi. He's coming out of very high rating um, sprint race win. Well, if uh, you, if you Mexicola, like Mexicola, yeah, if yeah. you yeah. like
2: start the fryer, then Mexicola is yep. a moral in race three. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Mexicola comes out of that that uh, Narachi race there. Um, even yeah. So but, I mean the. It's very hard to assess this race not knowing what uh the Fernie Camp is doing with excellent dream, whether he because um, I imagine if he um if he won a Hannons, I could I wonder what sort of penalty he'd get yeah. <laughs> in this race. I don't even know if that would be um Yeah, just bear with me for one moment while I try and so he's a eighty five rate of the Hannons is actually a eighty five plus, so he could get a two and a half, three kilo penalty if he happens to win and back up. But if he does win, I'd imagine that they wouldn't be going around in this race. Maybe if he gets beat, runs well, he'll he'll butter
1: up. But um any thoughts, Tommy? Um yeah, if I wish excellent dream was scratched from the Hannons, to be honest, because I would have him him, yeah. I'd have him clear favourite in this. Yep. But just in the back of my mind I don't see them backing up. Yeah. I know he's nommed and like accepted for this race but I just I think this is one that I'm kind of penciling in my own head that he will come out
2: which you can't, you can't imagine the Hannens will be a gentle a gently run 1400 meters either
1: no and I get it's like oh, I was back to 13 or whatever but I mean it doesn't really make a difference I just think even if it does go round off two days it's not necessarily one that it's not two days over a trip is a bit different where you're running 2000 or 2000 because you got to work them twice a week with good hit outs anyway but just over these sprinting trips that might bring them undone. And I don't know, a horse like Jericho missile three starts back, ran third in a new market to the rodeo. And mm-hmm. then sixth uh, um, resort man in that same race as yeah. Daddy who ran fifth and they were similarly placed and you get uh, Jericho missile, go down a kilo. Yeah. Daddy go up half a kilo and gets Brandon Louis. So in that little match race, I've got Jericho missile just on top and, um, so that's the way I'll kind of land in here. Uh, is that Jericho missile is my top pick around? It's hard to do prices with Excellent Dream still in the race, yeah. but I imagine that comes out, and I'll have him around three dollars. And the way I'll be playing, yeah, yeah, I think they're the other two aren't they? If, if you if
0: you're ignoring Excellent Dream right now, it's going to be your Jardies or your Jericho missiles for mine. Um, I don't know if this is his race, but I'm I'm thinking Excellent. Vital Blast might be building towards something as well. Big big weight dropper on Saturday. Sean O'Donnell sticks um, get barriers terrible for him. Might push forward, um, but I think he'll he'll win a race soon. Um, but yeah, tr- very tricky to assess with uh, Excellent Dream still in the race.
2: Interesting what price Yadati starts if Excellent Dream does come mm, out. Yeah. I think that's that would play a big factor in in how I'd play this race as I, as I did mention. I think that he looks the class runner in the field if Excellent Dream doesn't back up from from today's Hannons, But it's just interesting to see how short he he might get in the market. Justin Erclins has a pretty powerful team heading out to Kalgoorlie on Saturday, and whether or not she, um, they have a real strong confidence with this horse heading into the weekend in regards to him just really dry, crying out for that dry
0: deck. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? All right, we'll, we'll hold fire there with our, with our uh, comments here on race six. The, 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 the excellent dream um, being, still being in the race makes it a, a real challenge. Witten's irrigation and design, they're the irrigators of choice for the West Australian racing industry. Owner-operator Craig Witten has extensive experience working on racetracks across this great state, especially in his role as irrigation technician on the hallowed turf at Ascot and Belmont Park. Craig and his team also specialise in designing and delivering projects for commercial thoroughbred and standardbred racing properties. Check out Wittens Irrigation and Design on Instagram and Facebook and get in touch with Craig. So whether it's racetrack, residential or commercial, water wisely with Wittens. But we'll move on to race seven. This is the first ever Ron Sayers Sprint. A uh, new initiative here, $125,000 rating, 66 plus. Uh, Ronnie, of course, passed away. Uh, earlier this year was an um, absolute titan of uh, business and, and racing within West Australia and internationally, of course, and... Um, Kalgoorlie man and um, yeah massive contributor to the Kalgoorlie Boulder Racing Club and he's been honoured with this uh, Ron Sayers sprint on Hannan's Handicap Day and I tell you what put, put a bit of dollars into a ratings race and look at the field that you've got here we've got 14 plus
1: 4 and I imagine there was um, I think there was 36 odd nominations for this particular well, race yeah I think there was something like 18 emergencies yeah. so really good support for for the race and I'm not surprised with the prize money on offer alright Tommy this has got your name written all over I reckon you found one here. What have we got? I, I reckon I found one as well, funnily <laughs> enough. Um, I reckon I found a few. Uh, I've settled with three really similar in the market, about 20 cents apart in uh, race recorder, False Statement, Pixie Chick, and Rain of Fire. Mm-hmm. And I think in an, this race, the speed will be on real hot early. I think there's enough speed drawn all over the park that – uh, they'll really go hell for leather in the first 200 metres and allows a horse like Rain of Fire to find a position uh, somewhere midfield worse than midfield off the fence and uh, as they turn for home, gets a really good slingshot into it when horses start making their move. So that's my top pick is Reign of Fire and it's opened up 12s, which is more than enough for me. I'm less than half that. Uh, Pixie Chick a little bit short now at the 420, but false statement. Uh, this time last year, won a race and beat Beret, who came out and won two or three listed races post that start I won a ratings race and then two listed races after that mm-hmm. so the form is red hot out of that so I'm taking that he, he loves the track $14 on offer from a decent barrier can sit somewhere closer than last um, so they're the those two in particular false statement and reign of fire be the way I lean here um, interesting to note a horse like Harmika who's put in <coughs> what I would call two below par runs. Yeah, well below par yeah. Last start had excuses with the elevated heart rate. Um, and first up, I thought excuses were just the tactics of taking a sit. I don't think that's worked. I think this horse needs to push forward. However, this is a race where from barrier one, I think they'll be lucky to hold a spot uh, up front, so they're likely to sit behind the speed. But I think that's the way they've got to go. Um, and then the real interesting horse in the race is can't be done. Now, Brad opened Tell it up. Tell us about Can't Be Done. I, I don't know a whole lot. Mm. Um, Brad opened it up $3.30, which I can see why he would do it. He must think that it's uh, superior form lines than what's on offer here, which he's probably correct. Jumped the broom from my knowledge is quite a good horse and so is Blazer Trail. Um, however, the $7 now from the city Gate, I think is more the correct price. I was around six sixty as a guess. But just all in all, this is a fantastic race. For a uh, sixty-six plus in Kalgoorlie, and I've landed on Rain of Fire and False Statement.
0: Okay, so just quickly on Can't Be Done. This is a former Danny O'Brien trained horse from Victoria. Has a sand down Lakeside twelve hundred meter win, uh, Ballarat eleven hundred meter win. Sandown Lakeside, that's two, 1,200 metres. So actually won a, um, a full Saturday steak race as a two-year-old at Sandown Lakeside and won on debut uh, back in May 2019 at Sale over the 1,100. So two 1,100s and two 1,200-metre wins from so – that's four wins in total for twenty two runs with the Danny O'Brien Yard, has been brought to uh, Western Australia with the Peter Fernie Yard, makes his WA debut in the Ronnie Sayers on Saturday. And as as Tommy said, the market makers opened him up very short initially, but he has sort of uh, been wound out since the market has matured since...
2: Huge point of difference runner can't be done. Really, really big point of difference, and I was also amazed at how well respected she was in the market, particularly, particularly early. And this is a horse who's run some serious races against some high quality sprinters. Bj, I'm not sure how much you know about some of the horses that she did go around against over in Melbourne, but she was running good races against high quality Melbourne sprinters on very fast, good three, good four Caulfield tracks, which is which is typical, and sandown tracks, which is typical conditions you find at Calguli. And most likely, the conditions we will see on the weekend. And no doubt, she's, she's also been aimed up at this fresh for the hometown racing round. And although Lucy, I concede, will definitely need some luck from that draw, they should really string out here. They'll, they'll go like the absolute clappers in this with the amount of speed engaged. And they should string out, which should provide plenty of opportunities for her to find some cover, maybe three, four wide moving line. And it just gives me the feel that this, this could be. Peter Fernie's carnival horse. Does mm, it, me me it sting? Is there a sting? Yeah, it gives me that kind of that kind of vibe. And this could be the horse that he's absolutely set for this and, and could be the worst kept secret in the
0: gold come Saturday afternoon. So this is just the the vibe I'm getting Pete, from this horse. Pete Fernie might have uh, approached the club and thought, you know, it would be a good idea, Ronnie Sayers race on uh, yeah. Hannah's handicap day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With this exactly. horse it, in mind. Yeah, uh,
2: chuck a bit of prize money. <laughs> this should get some good nominations.
0: dollars that'll be about right, I reckon. Um but just just quickly starting price program profile for Can't Be Done uh, was a $3.30, $3.30 pop in the um, Vobus Gold El Dorado at Echuca back in March. that ran second and was also a $8 pop in a $130,000 race. I think that's the Mornington Cup day in March as well. So uh had some good um, SPs in some quality races that I imagine um, uh, far outweighs the, the strength of what he will be um, combating. First up, Calgary on such so a very interesting runner. Yeah. Uh, for a tip from you,
2: Roland? Uh, in terms of a tip, at the moment, the price can't be done is getting out to. That's the way I'll go. I did really like the setup for Pixie Chicks as well, who, who Tom's already touched on. I think that form through state of power is really strong. And I just think that perhaps with the amount of speed coming from out wide and the three, four wide moving lines that potentially might be building here, Barrier Six might actually not be a great draw for her and that she might be cluttered up between runners, midfield, needing some room to. to, to to get out when they do slingshot around the corner and, and false statements, also over the odds for me. There, I was ten dollars. False statement, who is a, a track and distance winner at Kalgoorlie, so false statement at fourteen dollars is also over my price. But for from a tipping perspective, I'll side up with the point of difference here in the Ron Sayers sprint in can't be done for Peter Fernie.
0: Mm, market's going to be very interesting, um, in probably the, the last uh, 10 to 15 minutes of betting there with can't be done. Uh, you'll know that uh, the stable is, is confident if if this particular horse starts to firm you, um, just, you just love something like that I have no BJ like to you're happen, sitting there yeah.
2: you're sitting there and you yep. just see this peter ferny horse set for the round all of a sudden has gone seven dollars into three dollars sixty and you're just sitting there going wow everyone in town has to be on this horse so Look forward to seeing what the market does late. Like.
0: Yeah, I, like, I actually like Rain of Fire with you, Tommy. I think th- he's um, crying out for this going, that that victory over Forest War, West Speed Race three starts ago was good. Uh, I like the way that he, he found the line behind Carly's karma. Um, uh, two weeks, two Saturdays ago, Rain of Fire blending in Geordie Turner from the gate, peeling, letting loose. If he's, if he's right... Uh, and the Colin Webster stable strike rate this season particularly has been incredible mm. thus far. I think Rain of Fire um, is, um, will get me. Uh, one horse who's down, down in the weights and will be um, – most will probably think that he's outgraded. I think with the run and the weight and the way that this race might shape up, he might be able to fall into a top three finish at a big price, his number 12 choice bid. Um, Consistent, lands on speed, 52 kgs, Keshaw, run, And um, with the, yeah, as I said, map-wise, speed-wise, tempo-wise, he could be the horse who gives a bit of a kick and is maybe a length and a half clear with 150 to go and just get swamped. But he's going to go around at a big price and could run a race as a lightweight hope there in the initial, the inaugural Ronnie Sayers Sprint. Okay, guys, it's time for our feature. It's the time-honoured 4X Gold Kalgoorlie Cup, listed race, 150000 over the 2,200 metres. We have the Coolgardie Cup winner, no apology. We have the, the Boulder Cup winner, Stafford's Lad, and... To so throw another spanner in the works, we've got a Carnarvon Cup winner, unusually, in native times. So it's all come together for this 12 horse race. Stafford's lad uh, leads the weights here, 59 kilos, and stablemate. tell him we're coming at 58 and a half. We spoke to Terrier, Terry, Terrier, we spoke to Terry Layton earlier in the show, and he mentioned that he's going to be following the Melee stable here in the cup. What did you guys um, – how did you feel like this race mapped out and uh, what's your assessment? uh, What's what's the speed map
1: looking like, Tommy? The speed map for me will be determined, in my opinion, by how fast Native Times wants to go, Mm. in particular from the 1,000-metre mark onwards because that might be the difference here in that they might think Fit Horse coming off a a really tough Carnarvon Cup win, um, they might think their best chance to win is to try and break them open – and leave a few of them standing still, um, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a chance, but I think that's probably the best way of doing it. Um, and I thought General Grant from the barrier will be forced to come across and breeze.
2: And probably do a bit of work in getting there too, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. Uh, interesting one is uh, Shapovich, what they do. Um, do they go forward from 11? Do they go back? I thought it got caught wide last start. Um, so it's, yeah. It's they still haven't worked out what to do with that horse tactically yet, have they? No, they haven't. Because they went forward last prep, um, I believe, against Sluicebox. Uh, and it didn't really work out. That gave it an absolute shellacking. Yep. Um, and I think they've maybe taken a view that, oh, it didn't work. But I just think that was just the horse at the time. was That was as good a performance as he could put in. So it's, yeah, it's it's interesting. The, the Barry draw doesn't help it kind of forces their hand that they're either going to go forward or right or back. back. Yeah. So, and I think they're better suited going forward um, as a winning chance compared to going back to last. I don't think you can out sprint a lot of these. So the way I've landed is he's a Parker on the basis that if they do uh, really roll along when native triumph starts to come back to him, a lot of them are going to be forced to make moves around the, around the bend. And I think it will give him a great opportunity to put the horse into the race, come the turn, whether it be cut the corner or follow the back of one that's travelling. And I think at the 9.50, I was somewhere around the 6.50 mark, so that's overs for me. And Brother Paddy, I was uh, a lot shorter than um, I was actually second pick on Brother Paddy, which says a lot. So that's the way I'll go. I'll look to find some value in what I think is quite an open Kalgoorlie Cup.
0: Mm. That was some run the
1: other day from Heesa
0: Parker,
2: wasn't it's it? slightly worrying that we're both seeing eye to eye with a horse like he's a parker <laughs> they're on top selections here in the kalgoorlie cup but bj it's a really it's a really intriguing addition of the cup and one which i think will certainly divide opinion amongst punters and tipsters you've you've got me and tommy here both like the chances of he's a parker then we spoke to terry earlier in the day who like the the melee horses in in bad wolf and sluice box and then you can see you could see heaps of other people also getting involved in the in the SJ Miller pair in mm-hmm. no apology and, and General Grant, the favourite. So I just think that you, you've you got the favourite here coming in off a setback and having missed a run in the key form reference for this and despite coming from a stable that certainly doesn't lack in, in being able to get horses fit and firing for their grand finals, I think that there is a slight query there and I think that just heading into this race, I had to watch the replay of that Boulder Cup a few times just to double check that I wasn't perhaps missing something as the key lead up for this. But I'm the same as Tom. I just kept coming back to a Parker. I thought he was he was far and above the best run in that race, and and going back through his form prior to that run, it, which was pretty to be brutally honest, it was pretty putrid. He was just clearly crying out for a dry track away from Belmont and he gets Joe as a party aboard here for Kate Witten and and one thing we do know about this horse is that he's an out-and-out out stayer. He's a, a former Pinjara Cup winner and, and with the added tempo engaged here, I think through native chimes, it should play into his hands and thought, I thought perhaps with Joe aboard, he doesn't have to get back to last and could potentially sit a pair or two closer here. I did have a look at how he began in his two starts prior to that last start effort at Belmont and it wasn't too bad. It was more of a last start he was just a bit slow away Mm -hmm. and slow to muster so I've convinced myself that with the right run in transit he's the only horse at their current prices in this field that I'd want to be on with some with some real queries hovering over a couple of
0: of the other key chances. Joey has a party looking for two Kalgoorlie cups in a row having uh, piloted living the dream to victory last year and I was just going through some Kalgoorlie cup history and off the top of my head I'm 99.9% 99.9% sure that Labelle Roos, who was the 1994 Calgary Cup winner, was trained by Heck McLaren. So, um, so there you go. So Heck will be what's that? 22. well that's uh, that's uh, 20 what? 28 years between drinks for Heck McLaren there. If he's going to um, if he's a parker going to be winning the Calgary Cup on Saturday. What did you make of the the Morton pair? Um, they've uh, Stafford's obviously won the won the Boulder Cup after an eye catcher in the Coolgardie Cup. I thought Tellam were coming. Didn't have a lot of luck in either of the lead-ups, and I think I thought Gate One could be advantageous. It means he can probably land a bit closer than what he has been recently. I
2: thought. I thought personally, Stafford's got a ten out of ten in a, a race where he's basically fell in and also is penalized at the weights for that win and now draws barrier ten, likely gets a bit far a bit further off them. And loses Chris Parnham. And loses yeah. Chris Parnham. That was that was my reasons for knocking him at the price. I do he's he's a really good stayer. If they really crank it on then he's right in the game as well. I yeah. just think that at the price at six dollars fifty
0: currently there's there's better bets to be had than than Stafford. I tend Lane. to think he they'll both drift. Um yeah. uh, yeah, if it's a war, uh, Stafford's will be the one who'll be
1: strongest late, especially ridden quieter. So Tommy, yeah, just interesting to note with Talon coming. They say twelve months is a long time in racing, and I think it's case in point. Considering he was second favourite or favourite, favourite on, yeah. on Hannon's Day last year in the Hannon's, before bucking at the at the start and getting put out of the race straight away, and now he finds himself in a Kalgoorlie Cup, mm. just eight hundred meters longer. And is right in the market. So it's interesting to what view people take on does he run the 20, 2200 strongly? And I don't personally think he does, especially if they put on the pace. Mm-hmm. I think that'll bring him unstuck. So I'm a little bit against him. I had him well and truly double figures around the sixteen dollar mark. So seven fifty is a bit skinny. However, I do think we'll see around sixteen dollars late for telling them we're coming. Interesting. To be honest. I was I was eighteen dollars telling we're coming. Mm. I feel as
0: though the um, Ashley Maley has been building towards this race with Sluice Box. Um, there's been better runs than him in the Coolgardie Cup and Boulder Cup. However, he's he, he's a sort of stayer who loves tempo. If Native Chimes and others can bring the pressure, um, then I feel as though it's going to really um, – it's going to really – Uh, a bit advantageous to sluice box gets along super well with sean mcgruddy he's back on for uh, the calgary cup um 55 kgs blending in doing no work maybe getting tacking onto something to drag him in the race Uh, his form prior to that break he He defeated Reliable Star, ran last of the line, um, split last of the line in Star Trade, who's one of the favourites for the Hannans today, and then he whacked um, Black Shadow and Star Trade in that 2,000 metre race. uh, I think that Tommy was referring to Rostropovich earlier. So his his form prior to uh, his break was elite, third up, Calgary Cup. I think this could be the day for Sluice Box.
1: Yeah, I think he had a really good read on the horse mm. with just doing the mile or 21 back to the mile, back at 21 and really cleaned up. And I think after a little break, I think he's, he's. I mean, we'll find out on Saturday. It's pretty easy to say in hindsight, but he might've just played this perfectly yep. in giving him a little break and then coming here and third up, just going bang. So I mean, he's, I've got him 580 in my market and he's $6. So. I think he's the right price, and it wouldn't surprise me to see him start favourite on race day. I've got a shocking record backing sluice boxing <laughs> cups, cups.
0: Seriously,
1: yeah, I think I'm with you, oh, Esprince, Karp, Esperance Carp, Geraldton Carp. I yeah. backed him. I
2: was I yeah. was balls in in both of those, yeah. and we we didn't come out at the right end of the of the ledger. So I'm, that's I'm glad
0: a, you said that, Rolly because me and sluice box don't really get along that well either. But they it could, it could out 10 10 culminate. As yeah. well, Those two. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Esprince, I just
2: I wanted Karp. to touch on the favourite quickly, General Grant, who who even missing the run in the Boulder cup I feel looks it looks a good winning chance. He's a he's a proper stayer on the up. end yeah, he's a real stayer. I love the yeah. way he can absorb strong tempos and sustain a long run, which are qualities you you love to see in horses in these country cups, where the pressure valve, as you know, can really crank up a long way from home. So, yeah. I don't think SJ would have had any worries in getting him fit enough for this, despite the setback. And for me, it's just where he lands in running from the gates, and there's every chance I think he could be parked three deep, as I, there's other horses that will want that spot in the breeze. I think No Apology will want to be in the breeze, or or just one off them in 1-1 one, one, sort of just in behind the leading pair mm-hmm. so I think there's a number of other horses that will also be looking for that spot which could which could mean he's parked deep and doing a lot of work so that's just my query with him currently at the four dollars
0: in my in my lead into this race I forgot to mention ombudsman is a broom cup winner as well so we've got uh we've got all the country cup forms coming together for for the big one on uh, on Saturday the uh, historic Kalgoorlie gold cup all right uh gentlemen what time is it?
2: Get out stakes time
0: that is one hundred percent correct, Riley. Get out stakes time, the extremely popular um, Twitter-based competition, is brought to you by Market City Meats, largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located out of the Canning Vale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, great man he is. He runs the show with his team out there at Market City Meats. So make sure that you, um, if you're heading. Uh, down Bannister Road, drop in to Market City. say they uh, they will look after you. That is for sure and certain. Now we had our we had our hands full last Saturday, uh, gentlemen. The first ever get out stakes dead heat. Elsafina and Benji's, and of course when you're making rules up on the run, as we like to do here at the One One, um, we just had to 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 roll with our best. I. Uh, I reached out to Sam White to see what he thought of how we <laughs> should play. He gave me his thoughts. I spoke to a lot of the smartest people um, that I uh, that I was around on uh, grand final day last Saturday when we were trying to work this out. We even contemplated a call to Tom Percy QC just to make sure, or KC now, to get a read on this particular um, outcome. But what we did do is we decided to, to give it to whoever had either Benji's or El Safina and the smallest possible the, – the lowest possible margin – and that ended up being a gentleman by the name of Rod Perry. He was nearest the pin. He had the lowest Elsafina margin. And now Rod uh, is a four time winner of the Get Out Stakes. So, mate, I don't know your secret, Rod, but um, that's awesome. And I imagine he'd be. Pushing up there for uh, for goat status. So when we ever get around to doing that on a board, Terry, um, we'll uh, we'll make sure because Riley, you are a three timer,
2: three or four, I can't remember.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty One. sure it's – Tj's yeah, won it before. Four. Yeah, so there's uh, there's plenty of uh, but say yeah, Rod's right up there, rarefied air <coughs> as a uh, get out of stakes hall and of famer. You always know when I win as well because I, I
1: I'll tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet, meet you again. <laughs> you would have uh, thought Craig White would have been first. First in line with a dead heat after doing a dead heat. I know. Every week. He's, he's like, dropped off. The last oh, odd episode he, he, he's dropped <laughs> off. I forgot about that. That's
0: actually quite funny. He was the first person I thought of, actually. I went looking for him, but uh, he was uh, Yeah, he was radio silence from Craig. Imagine if he got it. He would, would been, heartbroken. That would and have seen been it up, Whitey. <laughs> 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 Never give up. Keep attacking. Uh, all right. So, to end of this week's Get Out Stakes, it's race nine, Calgully Cup day this sad day. Um, send us a tweet at the 1 1 pod. Let us know who you think will win and Decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred. And Tommy, you can never ever forget what? First in best dress. <laughs> That's right. The Sam White rule. Um, shout out to our man, Sam White. Race nine is the Neo Middle Medals Handicap 1400 meter graduation. We've got a full field to finish things off. Gee whiz. It's a uh, 16 plus one emergencies. Gentlemen, take it away, Riley Morgan. What do we got in the get-out? <laughs> well, you, you know it's going to be a tough race to finish <laughs> today, when
2: the two most likely winning chances on paper yep. and according to the market are, are two of the hardest horses to trust going around in in Dunbar and, and Green and Shady. But mm-hmm. for me personally, I just I just have a feeling, BJ, that Dunbar may have turned a corner yep. as a five-year-old now, off the back of a really impressive campaign when when he was last in work, and I thought his first-up effort, this preparation in a really strong race, was was a terrific return. He he punched the breeze there on a hot tempo and was only gunned down on the post by a horse who has since shown that he's clearly flying in, in enticing. And the enticing
0: just had that bit of race fitness. On yeah, your side, exactly. Yeah.
2: And, and the rest of the field really didn't make any mark on that margin at the finish whatsoever. So I, I think that you can take some real merit through that performance and his form last preparation through Speed Dream and Stipperucci. I think reads super for this. And for me, the most interesting part of this is the, the tactics they, they engage here from the barriers. As, as we know, Dunbar, although he can be hard to trust, he is a very durable horse mm. he can go back and run well he can go forward and run well and there looks to be a fair bit of speed drawn underneath here so in in sort of powerful no chance um, no change sorry um, Saturday Sinner and Market Strike who can go forward as well so there's a bit of a query regarding where he gets to in running from the barrier but for me with the lack of trust with Green and Shady that I have and where Clint lands from the barrier I think he Encounters a lot of traffic from Barrier Four, given he he's he's a he's a horse who doesn't isn't able to, to really hold a position. So I do think that uh, it's going to sh- be a
0: uh, CJP special. Is gonna yeah, it will have to be a,
2: a CJP special, and potentially the horse does her best work getting her toe in. Potentially mm-hmm. looking back through her best runs in her career. So I just think that perhaps her good track record leaves a little bit to be desired there with Green and Shady. So I think I'll I'll start up with Dunbar in the last on top.
1: Dunbar Tommy. I uh, will disagree, and I'll go green and shady. I'm quite short green and shady. I'm I'm taking the view that this horse has been flying all prep and has had like his ninth of 12 against uh, Tish and Queen. It just wasn't sued. I thought last start was a massive effort, especially late. Yep. Um, from barrier four, it's, it's just going to be can they stay off the fence from barrier four. And if they can, I think that this is – a perfect setup for him. If he gets a gap late, I think there'll be – or at any stage in the straight, I think he's got him done. I will never back Dunbar again as long as I live. I don't care <laughs> if it's 10 in a row. I, I will not back it. I've – so many times I've been on and it burns me. And then now you get Paul Harvey off, Lucy work on at a difficult gate. I think it's an even better excuse for me not to back it. I'm just – I'm happy to be on green and shady and at 550, I think it's worth – the luck that he'll need. So market assesses he'll win this 20% of the time. I think he can win this at least 40% of the time. So I'm happy to play it.
2: What mm. price did you have Market Strike in your market? I couldn't get it anywhere near as short as $6.
1: I was $8 Market Strike. I was $10.50. Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't mind Market Strike. Um, just As a this, type
1: or in this race? In this
0: race, I just think the Simon A first up, um, Holly riding confidently can sort of just be just behind the speed or right on top of it. Um I think there's just a lot of filler in this race, mm. uh, especially from the, the locals. Um but uh I don't like the way you're speaking about my man Boulder Dash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't got to Saturday Center just yet. Um <laughs> but uh such a good name in that Saturday Center. But yeah, I think Market shop was in my market, um a bit short at the moment. I think it was what, five fifty, six dollars. And if you if you Thinking that market strike and green and shady are the same price, and you, yet yeah, yeah, you have to be compelled to back green and shady. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Tommy. I think I think right jockey on, coiled up. If the gaps appear, it's green and shady's race. Yeah, I think it's race over if he gets a gap. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and just, I'm always interested in these lightweight on-speed horses at a track like Kalgoorlie where they can sort of fall into a top three finish at, at price. So I thought Day Sinner wasn't suited in a very funny race, uh, class two race that pedal power bolted in the other day, it goes from 59 back to 54, can just tuck in behind a more genuine, even speed and roll into the race can, and can box on into a top three finish at, uh, at a price I think currently. Um, sort of in a similar vein to like choice speed, as I was talking about earlier, day, Sinner madness territory at the moment, 21 and five a hole. So um, so that brings our, uh, our preview of Calgary Cup Day to a close. Let's take a break guys. And we'll be back with our best bets, our Maddies and our Lays for Calgary Cup Day. Okay, listeners, we are back with our Betfair best betting propositions for Calgary Cup Day this Saturday. Tommy Johnson, your Betfair best.
1: My betfair best comes up in race two, uh, feuding for Nick Carapolotti. I think great setup, um, horse is flying. So happy to back him against a very short price favourite in Henchard. Could be a big few days for the Nick Carapolotti yard. Riley,
0: your betfair best.
2: Yeah, my best on the on the on Kalgoorlie Cup day. We'll go to race number three, BJ horse number 2 their Mexicola, and if you if you are a fan of a double, I think you could you could roll that into
0: Price Pursuit in race five. Double them up. I'm with you, Riley. Mexicola is my very best for Betfair there on Kalgoorlie Cup Day. Have you got a Maddie for us, Tommy? So we want something 20 to 1, $21 plus.
1: My Maddie comes up in the cup and I'll go with Brother Paddy at 21 currently on Sportsbet and uh, Green Tab. So that's the way I'll go. I've got it marked significantly shorter, closer to $6 than I do 21 so... There you go, BJ. My Maddie
2: also comes up in the cup in the in the race number eight. And my Maddie is actually Bad Wolf, one of the one of the melee horses there. Currently at, at nineteen dollars. I think that this horse has been building to something mm-hmm. and think that there was plenty of merit in the last run and back onto a drying track.
0: This could be grand final day. Money Maily. My Maddie for the day comes up in the last. We've spoken about him at length. Nick Sad Saturday Sinner, Chris Nickel, low draw, low weight, could run a big race at a big price. That's in the get out stakes race nine. Have you got a lay for us, fellas? Just Tommy? quickly, just yep. quickly for listeners as well, who are, who are, Tuning into
2: last year's edition of the Kalgoorlie Cup preview, all yes. three Maddies won last year on the Kalgoorlie Cup preview. So have a couple of have a couple of dollars potentially <laughs> on the uh, on the treble there, and you never know.
1: Gamble responsibly, Tommy. Uh, my lay of the day, I'll I won't go hand because I got my best in that race, but I will go with race four. He's a lucky lad for Adam Tarrant. I think it's too short in the market right now. Currently, his favourite.
0: Riley.
2: Brave man taking on a couple of Durant runners, Mm -hmm. but I'll also, I'll go to race two and think that Henchard is currently under the odds there at $2 even money. So we'll lay Henchard in race two.
0: Don't mind either of those and something a bit different. I'm going to go for a different race rather. Race three, I thought the 350 around shoot your shot. um, First start in what, 41 days. I think that, that price is a bit thin. So at the price, that is my lay of the day on Kalgoorlie Cup Day. All right, Tommy and Riley, that brings episode 143 of the 1-1, your West Australian Racing Podcast, to a close. Thanks once again for joining in, fellows. Always a pleasure to uh, be recording uh, with you guys. Best of luck for Hannon's day today and Kalgoorlie Cup Day on Saturday. Hopefully many winners and we can fill our boots uh, leading into the opening of Ascot next Saturday. Um, so listeners, Terry, the Perth Racing Guru, he will be back on the mic uh, for episode 144 next Thursday. But um, but thanks again, guys, for coming on. No worries, BJ. Always a pleasure to step in,
2: being stuck in here in Perth while Terry's always up at the uh, Kalgoorlie <laughs> round enjoying himself. O- on
0: one of his many sojourns <laughs> as he likes to put it. <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, Thanks to you too, Tommy. Very oh, much thank you for having us. Um, okay, so... Recapping semi-final of our Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Media Mogul Tournament. That's our Mastermind Tournament. Semi-final number one will be next Thursday. Michael Heaton versus Scotty Embry. uh, Battle of the... uh What did we say before? The inside running head-to-head. Inside running head-to-head. Heaton versus Embry. Cannot wait for that. Um, Thanks to our wonderful producer, Jen, for putting this show together. Remember, listeners, to gamble responsibly over the weekend. And until next week, here on The One One.